Now it's time for News with My Dad, a show where we talk about the news with my dad and live on the telephone playing the role of my dad is in fact my dad staying safe and quarantined and socially distanced, Joe Smith. Pop, how you doing? Well, I don't feel like I'm quarantined anymore, but I understand the studio rules that we can't be in the studio at the same time. I am missing coming in. This is a show we talk about the news. We're missing you, Pop. We try to talk about the important stuff. Sometimes we talk about the unimportant stuff. When it's unimportant, we try to say so. We take turns. Dad typically takes the first turn. Pop, do you have a shout-out? I have three and a half shout-outs. Oh, my Lord. I couldn't even say the word. Oh, my goodness. First, uh, one and a half. I'm shouting out for Drew and Brittany Breeze and Dolly Parton. Drew and Brittany Breeze. Drew Breeze, of course, is the great quarterback. He and his wife are contributing five million bucks to the state of Louisiana for COVID-19 care and efforts. And Dolly Parton is contributing 1.1 million bucks to for COVID-19 research, vaccine research. Well done. Second, I want to shout out for the pickers in California. The folks who are going out every day and picking the food that's necessary to start the food chain that winds up in our stomachs. Without them, we'd be in big trouble. And then last, I want to shout out for Jocelyn, Jocelyn Curley. I hope I pronounced her name correctly. And Elisa Little. Jocelyn Curley works for Wholesale Florist and Elisa Little for Color Theory Design that got together, recognized that there were a whole lot of flowers that were going to go to waste, and Jocelyn persuaded her boss, and the wholesale florist persuaded, and then persuaded Elisa Little, who is a designer, to take flowers that would otherwise be wasted because of the quarantine and the business shutdown and put them in neighborhoods around the city to beautify the streets. I think that was just a wonderful thing, so I'm shouting out for them today. Well, Dad, where I want to start, it's not exactly a shout-out. It is a look back. My new first stories are stories that aren't new. One is back in 2018 when there was the Washington Post story talking about how the president had let go of or there was an abrupt departure of the pandemic office in the state in, in the United States government. The second was looking back at uh, looking back at G in January when Joe Biden. I had missed this when it happened. Joe Biden in USA Today wrote a uh, wrote an op-ed talking about our lack of preparedness and how what the president was doing, what the president was saying, was making us less prepared. I hadn't noticed that Joe Biden had noticed things as early as he had. Another look back is at Bill Gates back in 2015, just before the 2016 election, or maybe even the early stages of the 2016 election, was talking about the need for greater pandemic preparedness. Uh, and then finally was a guy at Davos who was talking about it also in January about the perilous situation of the American economy. It is easy for me now to, and then and mention specifically coronavirus is a thing that could pop the balloon. It is potentially a cheap shot to look in hindsight, but there were enough people who weren't who were who had foresight, who had microphones, who had influence, even a little bit of power. That it's not all hindsight that the president has screwed this up. Pop, am I being unfair? Those are dots that need to be connected. By the way, before we dive into the news, there's one other thing we should acknowledge. Nancy Pelosi turns 80 today. Happy birthday, Nancy. Happy birthday, Nancy, if you're listening. Do you have any thoughts on what I said, or feel free to offer another story? No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And to, to get how important it is for people to pay attention, a couple of examples of what's happened in the last... Oh, I, Mount Ver, the Mount Vernon Presbyterian Choir has something like 120 members. And three weeks ago, the choir leader invited the choir to come to practice, please come to practice. And something like 60, 61 of them came. And 
since then, what do we have? 44 of those 60 or so folks have tested positive for the virus. At least three are in the hospital and two have died. There's an example, pay attention. Another example, 70 kids, Texas, chartered an airplane from Austin to Cabo San Lucas in Mexico for spring break. 40 of them have now been tested positive for the virus. This is nothing to screw around on, folks. This is pay attention. Now, in the news, Florida and Mississippi at last have joined in in saying, yeah, folks really ought to stay home and telling folks to stay home. But uh, even though DeSantis in Florida only got around to it, and that doesn't take effect till tomorrow, by the way, or midnight tonight. Turns out Florida and Kentucky so far have been getting all the supplies they've asked for from the federal government, and yet New York has not been able to come anywhere close. And I can't help but notice the correlation between Florida being the place where DDT spends a substantial amount of his time and where he has now declared himself to be a resident and where he votes, and that Kentucky happens to be the home of the majority leader in the Senate and the uh, husband of a member of DDT's cabinet. Can't help but notice that. While we're talking about the virus, I I have sent out to lots of folks, and I hope you take the time to watch it because I sent it to you, a video of a Texas surgeon who's done, who, who does a really, really good layperson's description of how the virus works and what's going to happen. He, he did this on the 23rd of March, which I believe is nine days ago, and he was talking on the 23rd about what's going to happen, and his prescience in what was going to happen that we know was going to happen because it's already happened is remarkable. What's scary is he is saying that the death rate is going to be maybe highest in July. We're going to have a high death rate in July. Now, say again, who is saying we were going to have a high death rate in July? Yep. Who is saying that? That's the the doctor whose video I I sent to you day before yesterday. Oh, yeah. It was like 35 minutes. Yeah, about 35 minutes. Well, I just, he, just told me that it's an educational thing. A lot of people should watch it. The, uh, by the way, when we're talking about the Florida governor deciding this time to tell people to stay home, he also told the reporters from the Miami Herald and the Tampa Bay Times that they were no longer welcome at his press conferences. They would not be allowed in because they had the temerity to suggest that he wasn't providing adequate protection for people at his press conferences. Taking a page from the governor's book, he has, yeah, Ron DeSantis has now issued a stay-at-home order. And I think what he said to the people on the boat, he said to the people on the cruise ship that uh, that Floridians would be welcome. That seems to be the exception that proves the rule. It seems to be, and that's the, the true usage of that phrase, by the way. It doesn't mean what most people say it means. It means that if you leave out the thing, it means... It helps you define the rules. So by saying all Floridians are welcome, I think what he's saying is the people who aren't Floridians, based on his definition, aren't as welcome. Meanwhile, the jobless rate in the United States, Pop, has reached an all-time high. It's 6.6 million people. It doubled in the last week. 6.6 million people. And economists have warned that the numbers are still probably low because unemployment offices have been overwhelmed. So there's probably a bunch of people who aren't who have not been counted. Much of the United States is, of course, now on a stay-at-home order. The president has not ordered such a stay-at-home order, wants to be able to blame governors for doing that, uh, or, you know, if people are in favor of it, they get the credit too, I suppose. Uh, What else on COVID-19? I should say the White House has changed course on whether or not senior citizens need to file a tax return to receive stimulus checks. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin now on Wednesday saying that Social Security recipients don't need to file a tax return after all, to receive their 1200 bucks from the new coronavirus relief bill. That's per person and a couple, not counting children. Uh, the move comes after pressure from elderly Americans and Senate Democrats 
pushing the treasury treasury excuse me to reconsider three ET continues to mislead and lie and or maybe just because he doesn't really know and doesn't take the time to know he keeps saying oh, everybody can get a test governors are saying we can't get the test because we don't have the tests the uh, and, and I can't help but contrast the the press conferences that Governor Cuomo has been been handling and and the ones the, these briefings that DDT is doing every day of course DDT is now getting an hour or better of quote earned close quote media I don't know if it's really here but it's free and it is absolutely marvelous running for president and the the three biggest uh, cable news organizations in I think the world or certainly in the United States just give him all the time for him to bliavate and lie and yesterday Yesterday, he brings in a whole bunch of brass, military, standing, by the way, not six feet apart, but shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, to announce that he is upping the war on drugs because the cartels are going to use the coronavirus to, to bring in more drugs. I can't even begin, begin to say what I think about that. Well, I can offer something I think about it. It's and by the way, I am not prepared. I am not prepared to endorse. Okay, I'm not prepared to endorse the uh, um, uh, the video that you're. Somebody texted in saying, "What's the name of the video? Uh, what's the name of the doctor in the video? Do you know his name?" Say again? The, the video that you wanted everybody to watch. Do you know the name of the doctor whose video you are promoting? I don't okay. have the name I went of the look, doctor. I, he, I, he, I went and looked it up. It's an Asian name. Yeah, I went and looked it up. It's it's Dr. Duck Wong. Now, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not prepared to endorse this. He, he bills himself as the world's number one weight loss surgeon. Uh, at, but I can't. I, his, his video might be brilliant, but I'm going to answer the question that was texted in. It's Dr. Duck Wong. And uh, and that's what I have to say about that. The uh, and 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 you know I hope we're only promoting real stuff. Uh, my um, my my response to the president it actually reminds us something of what we knew. And what we know is that the president is a TV guy, and I think his instinct was people might start getting bored of his show. His show has been the coronavirus show. It started out being the show of the coronavirus is a hoax. And then it became, well, there's some stuff we're going to do, we need to do about the coronavirus. And then it became, uh, it, it's always sort of, you know, the fake news show, like him criticizing people for fake news. And then his show is, oh, now it's a real big deal. You, you left out his saying we have it completely under control. Right, right, right. Oh, and then, and yeah, and, and I, I missed two things at least, probably more. But one was, yeah, we've got it totally covered. And then the other part of the show was we've done a great job. But people are getting bored. It's not me saying this, but guessing that his instinct was that people are getting bored of that. We got to give him something else. We got to give him a new, we got to give him a new show, a new episode. And uh, so he gave us a new episode. And that's all I really want to say about it. I don't want to, I don't want him to dictate what, uh, what we decide is the most important thing that we need to cover. Meanwhile, three Hawaii officials have called on President Trump to temporarily halt inbound flights uh, wanting arguing that this would uh, slow the spread of coronavirus which has caused at least one death in a state with at least 258 cases on tuesday the governor of hawaii has called on a 14-day self-quarantine uh, senator uh, yeah senator excuse me chuck schumer has called for hazard pay for frontline workers dad is that a sound on your end say again is that is that a sound on is that a sound on your end, uh, Chuck? I don't never have mind. a sound on my end at all. All right, Chuck Schumer has called for hazard ban frontline workers in the coronavirus fight, and FDA said that Zantac should be pulled from the shelves, citing a cancer risk and totally unrelated news. Uh, any other any other X-ray news 
Uh, any other any other coronavirus news that you want to put an X-ray on, Pop? Oh, I I got a lot of international coronavirus news, SARS SARS news. But but also we should probably mention that uh, Governor Cuomo's kid brother has the has the virus and is now broadcasting every night from his basement. We have to hope that he doesn't get really sick. International, a lot of international. First, Bolsonaro in Brazil has said, hey, this is just like a bad cold. He also said, if you dunk a Brazilian in raw sewage, it, they don't catch a thing, and is refusing really to take any steps. I, there is a real risk that Brazil, maybe, maybe as late as November of this year, was going to have millions of people dying because of that. Belarus is another place to watch where President Lukashenko is poo-pooing it and saying, oh, no, we don't have to worry about it. They're not doing anything to mitigate. The uh, Orban, uh, I, I talked last week, predicted that Orban in Hungary was going to, was trying to be given dictatorial powers. Well, he has succeeded in being given dictatorial powers. And I will make another prediction once, maybe we should say if, hopefully when, we have overcome the, the virus, I predict that he is not going to let those dictatorial powers go away. He's going to like them too much. But what's, what's happening in the third world, India... India is facing really mass starvation because they've told people they can't go to work anymore. So you've got Indians who have to who are walking literally hundreds of miles to get back home and have no access to food on the way. And to give an idea how bad it is liable to be in the third world, for comparison purposes, in here in the U.S., there are about 33 ICU beds for 100,000, for correction, 1,000 population, about 33 per thousand. In India, Pakistan, and Bank, no, it's not 1,000, 100,000. I was right the first place, 100,000. In India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, there are about two. That's 33 here, two in those three hugely populous countries. But in Africa, it gets really bad. Zambia, 0.6. Uganda, 0.1. That means that Uganda has 1,333rd as many ICU beds per population as the U.S. It, it, it's just really, 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 really bad. Let's take a break, Bob. You're listening to X-Ray FM, KXRY Portland, KQAC HD3 Portland, 107.1, 91.1 FM, streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. You're listening to News with my dad. If you want to help, if, if, there are people now I know who are feeling isolated. There are people who are feeling disconnected. Some, some that For some people, it means they're overworked because they're having to do their regular job, plus figure out how to do it while doing it from home. I know that for managing the radio station, it is not causing us less work. It's causing us significantly more work. And a big shout-out to everybody in the X-Ray community who is helping us be on the air 168 hours a week, uh, who is continuing to produce both pre-recorded and live content, but fresh content every day, every, every day part of the day. We're getting brand-new good stuff, and very much appreciate everybody involved in that. Big shout-out to Chase Spross and the whole team who's making that possible. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, there are other people who've got something, you know, have got some extra time. If you have some extra time and you want to help engage with some of the stuff we're doing, feel free to text in at 971-220-5979, 971-220-5979. You just got to text in. Looks like we have 10 million unemployed. Thank you for that text. And if you're one of those 10 million, or maybe just, you know, got a little extra time, you want to help out, if you got some skill you think that this community would be able to use, we are in the engagement business, even more than we are in the radio business. 
So we would appreciate you. Again, the text line here, if you've got questions, you got thoughts, the text line is 971-220-5979, 971-220-5979. Uh, my email address is jeffersonsmith at gmail. You can, I should actually give this one. This is a better one. Jefferson.smith at xray.fm. Jefferson.smith at xray.fm. We'll be right back in just a moment. You're listening to News with My Dad. I'm Jeff. This is X-Ray and Radio. is yours. All right, Bob, you said you want to talk about some more international news. you got other international news you want to talk about. I do, indeed. First, still related to the virus, Thailand may be looking already at a second wave, and that's one of the really scary things, is that we could have a second wave, especially if, if the quarantines and the mitigation isn't followed through long enough. <coughs> we could have a summer where it goes down a little bit and then zaps back up because we won't have a vaccine yet. Something that, that I just want to put out there just in case, and I'm hoping somebody's paying attention. In the, Ethio- in the Somali region of Ethiopia in the last few months, over 2,000 people have died from an illness they have not yet been able to identify I just got to hope that that isn't the beginning of another pandemic. Uh, of course, the, the communication between the Somali area of Ethiopia and the rest of the world is not nearly like the communication between China and the rest of the world, where this one began. But uh, still, that's something that I hope someone is paying attention to. And while we're talking about China, turns out that China could have warned the world a whole lot earlier had it not been for those bureaucrats in Wuhan that didn't want Wuhan to look badly, and, and that's coming out. There is serious Isn't talk, interesting that that's the hoping, same... I'm hoping that it happens, serious talk about a, a, a commission being formed to study what we did and didn't do with this pandemic to help us be better prepared for the next one. Iraq, Iraq is cratering, partly because of the virus, but also because of what happens, has happened to the oil prices. Oil prices are getting down to 20 bucks, which is driving gas prices way down. They're predicting gas prices under $2 in the near future. A, a nice thing, Lots of stories out of Afghanistan where the Afghans are showing generosity to each other, which is is an interesting thing that in that Muslim country they are living up to the best that is taught in Islam. In Israel, ultra-Orthodox folks have been resisting anti-mitigation and the positive rate in the ultra-Orthodox community is up to eight times the rest of folks in Israel. This is not something to not pay attention. That's all the international stuff I have directly on the virus, but I have some other international stuff if that's okay. Well, I do want to say the Climate Change Summit has been delayed by the United Nations. It will be held next year. Officials say a new date in 2021 will be chosen soon. Uh, back on international coronavirus news, Spain's death toll has risen to 9,000, but their curve might be starting to flatten. The number of deaths total in Europe that have been recorded related to coronavirus have now is now exceeded uh, 30,000. Spain is second only to Italy in fatalities recorded caused by the virus. Uh, but now that Spain in lockdown for over two weeks, there seems to be a flattening of their curve. And, Pop, divorce rates have soared in China amid the lockdown. That's because people are, up, are, are home when they discover they don't like each other. It's just a lot. I mean, it, it, it's not, I mean, and maybe it's, they, they discover it. But, I mean, you pick anything. You tell me anything that I like. If I have to do that thing I like, like, all the time, like every day, you give me my favorite meal. If I have to eat it not only for every meal, but also in between meals, I eventually might rethink that meal. And I think there are a lot of people who are, you know, are recommitting to their vows on a daily basis. Maybe that's how I should put it. 
Pop, you said you had some other international news. happens here? I don't know. I mean, one thing that's... Because the courts... The courts have really cut back, especially especially the courts are cutting back on things that they don't see as necessary to take to do immediately, and divorce could be one of those. And when we get to national news, we'll talk about other stuff on that. But uh, lot, lots of lots of fallout from this. In other international news, Japan Japan is building a new big coal-fired electricity plant uh, how how they uh, how they can do that i do not uh, jewel the vapor well I'll t- actually that's something that i do want to make some comments on what's Go interesting to me about a japan or a japanese uh coal plant is does japan have a lot of coal no, I think you. They have to import. I, I think they import their coal. I, My I guess is. Don't pretend to be an expert on that. That'd be something for one of our smart listeners to. Yeah, me neither. But in, if but, but if China mostly imports its coal. But if China is importing coal, China's a lot bigger than Japan, and yeah, they're different geographies. But I'm not an expert here either. But I suspect what that is is a is a bet that they can get. Uh, Ameri- that that United, the United States coal producers will still be allowed to produce. This is my bet, okay? It's not news. It's my bet. That they're betting that United States coal producers will still be allowed to produce coal, but that more and more American cities and states aren't going to be using coal. And therefore, they're going to be able to get coal dirt cheap, bring it over from the United States, and burn it and use it in Japan as cheap power. This, of course, is why the uh, uh, this, this is why pro coal folks are saying, "Hey, let's let, it, let let us use it in the United States," and why uh, climate change activists say, "No, that's why you got to keep it in the ground. If you get it out of the ground, even if you don't, even if you make a deal with PGE not to use coal, is not this coal is still going to go try to find a buyer somewhere cheap. And now, not only using the coal, we are also using the gas it took to ship it over to Japan. All right, Pop, what's next? Jewel, the vape company. Because there's so many states that are cutting back or even forbidding, figured that they could do what the tobacco industry did when the United States started going after smoking, and so figured they could go overseas and promote it. They've tanked. They have not succeeded at all internationally. I think Jewel might have been a really good short a few months ago. China. China is poaching in Indonesia's waters. What I mean to say is they are sending fishing boats into waters that historically have been agreed and international law says really belong to Indonesia for fishing purposes. They're coming in and fishing and they are sending Coast Guard ships to protect those fisher fishing boats one, one more example of China trying to establish hegemony over that whole part of the world. You, you mentioned climate. The Denman Glacier in Antarctica is, is a glacier it's on the land. It is over a very deep canyon, something like a 1,200-meter canyon. And because it's in the last three years, it has receded three, in the last 22 years, rather, it's receded three miles, which in glacier terms is very, very fast. But because that deep canyon, there is a risk that seawater is going to get into that, which would accelerate the melting of the Denman Glacier. And if the Denman Glacier goes into a loop where it goes away five feet five feet higher water level around the world that's a lot well let's take a quick break Uh, dad when i come back from this very quick break i want to do election news so see what you've got in election news i want to go through a little bit the uh some of the u.s senate polls where we are now talk go a little some of the polls in the presidential race also uh, plans for presidential conventions. We'll be back with that and more and a little bit of election news right after this. You're listening to X-Ray 
ready as yours. And that little sound says now it's time for election news. West Virginia is the latest state to delay its primary due to the coronavirus. Jim Justice, quite a name for a governor, rescheduled the state's May 12th primary election to June 9th on Wednesday. 23 other states in the District of Columbia have not held primaries yet. Uh, Meanwhile, Joe Biden is doubting that the Democratic Convention can go ahead as planned amid the outbreak. He said on Tuesday on MSNBC that it's hard to envision the Democratic National Convention going ahead as planned in July. Heck, we were saying that a week or two ago. Can't ima- this That place is close quarters, man. Everybody get it. But he believes elections can take place during pandemics if alternative methods are used, like drive-in or mail-in voting. President Trump said earlier on Tuesday that projections indicated COVID-19 could kill 100 to 240,000 Americans. Very different from him saying it was a hoax when there was still time to keep that number much lower. And now we're becoming the epicenter of the whole darn thing. I started getting loud there. Pop, what election news you got? Well, other. Uh, oh, I got a good text. We got a good. This, thank you. We have brilliant listeners and we appreciate you. We appreciate our brilliant listeners because this is. Australia is a huge coal exporter. Japan is a mere lump throw away. Thanks. So I had the, you know, I was sort of right about the dynamic, but that's really helpful geography and and realities about about, uh, Australia. I think that text came in from Joe Pesci. This other text that looks like we have 10 million unemployed. Yeah, I should clarify something. I, I don't know that I said it wrong, but I certainly didn't say it with the right tone of voice. When I said jobless claims, it expanded to over 6 million. That isn't total. That's the new ones, okay? And it used to, we set a record with 3 million. Now we set another record with 6 million more. You add that up, and that's 10 million, roughly speaking, new ones. So, yeah, and that's The previous a record was something like 600,000. 675,000, as I recall, give or take, back in 83 uh, in the Reagan administration. Is there a reason I say who was president then? I don't know. You choose. Dad, what other election news you got? I want to go through some other of these election polls. election news is that while... Joe Biden is doubting that we can have a Democratic convention in Milwaukee as scheduled, which I think is right. DDT is saying that the Republican convention is going to go ahead. Uh, who knows? There might be there might be a Darwinian function going here that that will take a while to, to work its way out, but but it might have an effect on the November election. That one of the one of the dynamics that I am looking at, yeah, it, how coronavirus impacts the elections is an enormous thing. One of the reasons we are doubling down, big shout out to Emily Gilliland, who's doing the lion's share of the booking and producing, and to all of the team here uh, for for helping to engineer these and perform these interviews. Uh, we not an election interview, but on the local this morning, we just released the brand new Ron Wyden interview. And you can get that uh, on your favorite podcast app. My favorite podcast app is xraypod.com, which you can also access on the X-Ray app. All right. Plug, plug. The uh, other, other, well, other let, me, let, me, let me make my point real quick. I, I don't know if you can really call it news. I'll make it later. We should just be aware that Republican legislatures around the country are using the current crisis as another excuse to protect against voter fraud, which, of course, what really means is doing everything they can to keep people of color and people of lower income status and people from voting because they know that by doing that, it enhances their ability to stay in power. And you just saw that Trump let the cat out of the bag, right? He said the inside stuff outside yeah. when he, he just said, oh, yeah. But if, if there's ridiculous things that the Democrats are doing to try to give people the right to vote happened, the Republicans would start losing. They said he said Republicans would never win an election if they if they had real voter access. That's that's kind of unfortunate. Right now the uh, five thirty eight forecast has Joe Biden uh, winning in ninety nine out of a hundred uh, a little greater than ninety nine out of a hundred scenarios. Uh, so that doesn't mean he's got ninety nine percent support. It's about it's about sixty five thirty, I think, in the la- in the most recent uh, Biden Sanders uh, presidential poll in the Democratic primary. Uh, some new polls and some new candidates are giving Democrats some hope in flipping the U.S. Senate. 
uh, and uh, looking at the uh, looking at the toss-up seats, uh, Martha McSally in Arizona, Corey Gardner in Colorado, Tom Tillis in North Carolina. Uh, those are the uh, th- those are the Republican seats that. Oh, and Su- excuse me, Susan Collins in Maine. Uh, those are Republican seats that are all incumbent Republican seats that have now turned into toss-ups. Uh, Susan Collins, this is the dynamic I wanted to offer, that it's, everything's going to be seen through the lens of the coronavirus. And I am trying to think if it seems to me that incumbency is benefited by the coronavirus in many cases. I'm trying to decide in my own mind if it is in most cases. Now, in many cases, so... So Andrew Cuomo, he's going to win again. Okay, like Andrew Cuomo is going to be elected. I don't know when he's up. Whenever he's up, he's going to win, I think, unless something big happens in between now and then. The, uh, I, think for the, uh, I, think that this, uh, I think that this has helped. And call, uh, text in if you think I'm off my rocker, because I'm not, I'm not saying this with an exclamation point. This is with an ellipsis and a question mark. But I, this is my current hypothesis, is that I think this has helped Ted Wheeler, the article in the Lambert Week, uh, you know, sort of, uh, well, praised him very highly or quoted other people praising him very highly for his handling so far. This has been his most shining moment in pressuring the governor to institute a, a statewide ban. In many cases, helping incumbents. There is a question whether it will hurt other incumbents, like, say, the president of the United States who failed to sound the alarm or get testing facilities ready or do any number of things that could have saved tens of thousands of lives. The Boston Globe just came out with a historic. uh, There had been big discussion about is the media going to be able to get this right? The media media helped elect Donald Trump. Is the media going to be able to get this right? The Boston Globe just had a historic editorial pop. I'm not sure if you saw it. But where they said the president, and this is, I'm quoting the Boston Globe editorial board, the president has blood on his hands. So there's a chance that if the media does its job right, if the, and by the media I include all any number of people with Twitter feeds and Facebook pages and Instagram whatevers, yeah, I don't know what they call them there, that the there is a chance that the president's huge failure will in fact yield accountability. It hasn't been true yet. Maybe a little bit in the midterm elections, we could argue. But this president hasn't been, he was impeached but not removed, and now there's an election we'll see. But, Dad, for a candidate like, and I wonder your view, it's a long buildup, forgive me, but for a candidate like Susan Collins, maybe for a candidate like Tom Tillis, Cory Gardner, uh, and, uh, and Martha McSally, right, the Republicans in the Senate, do you think that coronavirus context helps them get reelected both because of and I think there's two mechanisms at least one is because of fear of change when our fear centers are focused are we less interested in adventure I think that's one of the things that hurt uh, one of the things that hurts uh, a couple different candidates maybe multi, maybe many candidates for president on the Democratic side I, I certainly think it hurt Elizabeth Warren and the other is just attention that I'm glad we still have an election news segment but you know you got the president on for an hour a day getting free media. Do you think that this helps Republicans in the Senate skate through who otherwise might lose? Or do you think they get painted with the same brush as Trump and maybe they, maybe they still lose? I, I've got to say that I am, I am not convinced that enough Americans are going to know or even be told and which would give them a chance to know about just how bad DDT's early responses were to this because the single biggest propaganda machine in the Western world is every single day, every single night, putting out what a wonderful job he has done Hannity, who is the most watched pundit in America, night after night, talks about how important it was that the president shut down transportation between China and the United States, which, of course, he did not do. He told the Chinese they couldn't come, but Americans could come and go, and Americans, I think, were quite capable of carrying the virus, that it goes on and on every single day and 
I, I know a whole lot of my cousins in Wyoming and Utah are absolutely convinced that he's done a wonderful job. And when every single day he gets all of this attention that then gives sound bites that that propaganda machine can use and which inevitably show up even on other shows, sound bites, where he apparently he is taking it serious, he is doing this great job, we are, and and if you watch these new conferences, I am I just am struck with how comparable they are to not just the descriptions in 1984, the novel, but to actually what went on, what goes on in dictatorships, where everybody praises the dear leader, the wonderful leader. Every single person who participates in that news conference has to go out of his or her way to say what wonderful leadership the president is providing. Those, those generals and admirals yesterday talked about the president's leadership. That goes on, and let me tell you, that's replicated and replicated and replicated, so I'm not so sure. Well, I'll say, and I want to go through some of the most recent presidential polls, not only in the primary, but in the general election. David Fluff uh, came out saying that uh, he is predicting historic turnout for Donald Trump and that Joe Biden is now at a uh, potential disadvantage. Joe Biden is topping Trump in polls, 49-47 in the ABC News Washington Post survey done in March 22nd to 24th. Uh, 49 to 40 in the Fox News poll over the essentially the same time frame. That, that is a significant difference. Of course, that's why there's such a thing as a margin of error. Uh, the polling average, you still see Biden ahead. But in terms of the most committed voters, and I do think that this gets back to, uh, I think it gets back to your Hannity point, and I see it all the time, you know, with, with our relatives. But all of a sudden, they'll post something that to me that seems out of the blue. I'm like, why is this? Why is there, why am I feed? Is there this NRA story? Why is there this story about somebody who's trying to take away guns? And then I'm like, oh, that's because that was just covered. That was just covered on Fox News, that, that consistent drumbeat. And it created a, 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 one of the most powerful bases in the history of American politics. And that's why I say over and over again when I'm here, when I'm subbing for Tom, that uh, we are dealing not merely with a person. We are figuring out how to deal with this apparatus and it is the apparatus that has to be contended with uh, but uh, Trump in one poll showed uh, leading in Wisconsin in most of the in most of the polls he is uh, uh, we, we are getting uh, it looks like Biden is is winning approval ratings for Trump though still you know he's he's you know, one of them, I, I heard rumor, but I haven't been able to confirm it. That maybe there was a poll that showed him it was cracking 50 in approval. Still hasn't been able to crack 50 in approval. Rasmussen got him up to 48. Uh, Rasmussen has been has typically been the most favorable. But there are at least a couple of polls that say he has cracked 50% in how he's handling the crisis. And there are, but now multiple. You know, it looks like, you know, 45 to 48 seems to be. We've got uh, Politico and Morning Consult at 45. Uh, Reuters 46, Economist YouGov at 47. So that's you know that's some pretty some pretty consistent clustering. So the battle lines are drawn, and and usually this is usually they say this at the uh, towards the end of an election. Usually they reserve my the pablum I'm about to issue for you know after all of the birds are in the air, after all of the ads have been done, the money has been raised, the debates have been performed. And then they say it's going to come down to turnout. Dad, I'm saying that right now, that if you believe the polarization hypothesis, if you believe the David Plouffe uh, hypothesis relatedly also, if you listen to, if you read Ezra Klein's book, you say, you know, people have, a lot of people sort of made up their minds on this guy. And it depends on who votes. And if people, you know, more people vote, who more people, higher percentage of people show up to vote who have made up their minds in favor versus people who made up their minds against, well, that's who's going to win. So I think that's my not-that-brilliant political analysis for this morning. Anything else on election news, Dad? Yes. Well, just, just one thing I would say on that is that 
turnout is greatly enhanced by a good ground game, and stay at home is very, very difficult on the ground game. We got a, we got a text in from our friend Crystal. Uh, I work in women's health at, hello, Crystal. Thank you for texting in. I work women's health uh, and cancer at Providence. I'm very proud of the organization and care I am seeing there every day. I'm not one to praise lightly. They really deserve it. We're low on work in my area due to the current situation, but they, the management, has really made it known that we'll be able to stay in our position. They're doing so uh, much to protect the workforce. Crystal, thank you. Couldn't have been written better than if it was written by a Providence PR person. But I want to say also, I want to pile on to the thank you. And I know a lot of other people are piling on to this thank you. But we still probably haven't done it enough that all the people out there who are still making sure that we can get some food delivered, who are, who are when all of us are running away, there's usually said about folks in the military, when all of us are trying to stay away from anybody who's sick, the people whose job it is to go to see people who are sick, the people who go into the hospitals, the people who actually have to put on their PPE to maybe get sneezed upon by somebody who, is, uh, who has been afflicted by the coronavirus, the people who are still making sure that a bus gets driven so that some of those people can make it to work, the people who are still helping make sure there's grain that's getting milled to flour so that people can be home baking when they are home baking, or is it some of those that flour can be milled to get to places that do serve pickup orders. Uh, there, there is there, we probably can't spend too much time. It probably is never going to be overstatement or over repetition to say thank you to all those people who are doing it. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, we got another one. This one from Zeke uh, Corona. What's up, Zeke? Uh, Zeke for a long time, by the way, was was our our lead our lead news writer. Really appreciate it, Zeke. Really still appreciate all your help. Uh, uh, corona may very well benefit incumbents, but the disruptions to our normal patterns may facilitate change. Regardless, I hold hope. Zeke, this is this I appreciate because I too our our, pa- our patterns of mind and our patterns of habit are so powerful that I even forget my own realizations or insights or maybe the overstates of my own thoughts of someday. I hope that there are things that don't get back to normal. I hope that our gratitude doesn't get back to normal, but we do a little bit better forever. I hope that we realize there's more efficient ways, including more climate efficient ways to do things. I hope that we realize that, this is what my wife said, it's like, wow, most of our lives, and she is right, for most of our lives, we were born in the post-Great Society world. We were, we were growing up, you know, we were sort of Carter kids to some degree, but for the most part, our early lives were Reagan Bush years. And what we have been convinced, and this is, the, you know, a shout out to Bernie Sanders and to, and to a later degree, Elizabeth Warren, for opening up some minds about this, I think. But we have been convinced for most of our lives that government couldn't do much. That the only thing government really could do was mess things up or shrink. If, if there was activism in Washington, it was mostly about tax breaks or shrinking government making it do fewer things or all kinds of news stories even before the advent of Fox News talking about how it messed things up and then with a stroke of not very many pens 2.2 trillion dollars wipes away some debt makes it easier for people to get unemployment you realize the power that the collective activity can have I hope that we remember the power we can have together I hope we remember also Uh, the power each of us have in our own lives to help other people. I hope we are a little bit more loving than we were before this whole mess started. Feel free to text in. If there are things that you hope won't change, if you hope, if things that you, and by that I mean things that won't get back to normal. So put another way, things that will change beyond just the crisis. Feel free to text in. 971-220-5979-971-220- Five nine seven nine. We appreciate you, Dad. We should. It's about time for us to move to local news. Well, before we no, we can't move to local news yet because I got some other stuff I've got to talk about related to the, to the virus. The NRA last week sued Governor Gavin Newsom in California because Newsom said that gun shops were not essential and therefore they should close. But Didi has said yes. They are essential. So I guess that lawsuit's going to go away because we're going to have gun shops. And to give an idea of how essential they are, 
Gun sales are up about 41%. I guess people are figuring that they're going to shoot the virus. But on the other hand, states, Texas, for example, has decided that an abortion is not an essential operation, that an abortion is, is, doesn't have to happen, and so therefore they have banned abortions under this, which what they're saying is they want to have a whole lot of unwanted children out there in the next, uh, in the next uh, two decades. Tough, tough on the women who need the abortion. The uh, other national news that, oh, that is related to the virus, cities, a lot of cities may be looking at bankruptcy. U.S. rugby has gone bankruptcy. Sneaking under the wire stuff, we've talked about this. One thing that uh, looks like they're going to sneak under the wire is to restore the full deductibility of meals and entertainment for business folks so they can charge the whole thing to their corporation and the corporation can deduct the whole thing from their top line. They're going to they're going to be sticky stuff of course. They also I don't think they got away with having no news about it, but there is a certain coincidence that DDT is tubing the Obama regulation on on miles per gallon that autos were supposed to reach 54 by 2025, they're going to reduce it down to 40 by 2030, which has serious implications on climate change. The good thing that's happened international is that HUD, I think, uh, reacting finally to the news articles about radon in federally supported housing, they're going to actually take a look at it. And a story that I think is a quite significant is that the Department of Justice IG, Michael Horowitz, has come out with a report saying that the FBI's visa wiretap applications across the board were systemically flawed. So it wasn't just that they maybe didn't do so well on campaign-related stuff, just across the board. And, of course, that comes to the whole FISA law, or FISA, well, FISA law. Those are international stuff. And then I am ready for state and local, and maybe you should do your quick six before we dive into state and local. Thanks, Pop. Let's do that. And now it is time. Today's quick six local rundown. I'm Justin Smith. It is Thursday, April 2nd. Local grocery store workers demanding safer working conditions and better pay. The Mercury and the Oregonian reporting. Whole Foods workers in Portland and across the country participated in a sick-out strike on Tuesday following a Monday strike at Amazon. Whole Foods recently put tighter capacity limits on stores, gave workers $2 an hour raises through April. Striking workers also want some paid leave for employees quarantining during the pandemic. They want COVID-19 testing for workers and hazard pay. Also, Fred Meyer announced Tuesday it will be offering a $2 pay increase. The raise will be effective March 29th to April 18th. Workers at Zupans right here in Portland started an online petition last week calling for stricter social distancing rules. They're requesting a capacity cap, 35 customers at a time, and a $2 per hour increase for hazard pay. Capacity cap is already in place at New Seasons Markets, and workers at New Seasons and Market of Choice have also received temporary pay increases. Oregon state and local health officials reported 47 new known cases of the novel coronavirus on Wednesday, bringing the state total to 736. The state now has 19 known deaths from the virus. Washington has been having some technical difficulties lately, which has kept the state from updating its official statewide totals. A release from the Washington Department of Health says the number of negative tests has overwhelmed its data tracking tool. So Washington's official caseload as of March 28th stands just under 5,000 diagnosed cases and 195 related deaths. Keep in mind, of course, actual counts are higher. Our country has been significantly behind on testing. 
An update on the rent strike we've been hearing about. Renter activists with Portland Tenants United are calling on protesters to refuse to pay rent in April. Rent is typically due right about now. PTU wants to protest the government's decision to delay rental payments instead of erasing some entirely through temporary amnesty. A reminder that refusing to pay rent without sending documentation required under the eviction moratorium rules could result in fines and evictions after the COVID-19 crisis ends. On Wednesday, Governor Kate Brown strengthened her March 22nd order banning residential evictions for non-payment. Governor Brown also banned commercial evictions on Wednesday and strengthened some of the protections for residents. Under the updated emergency order, commercial tenants who offer proof that they can't pay rent due to the pandemic cannot be kicked out or have their lease terminated. There is a requirement that they make partial payments if they can. The new order also bans initiating eviction proceedings for the next 90 days to soften the concern of a wave of quick evictions upon the lifting of the emergency. Wednesday evening, Portland City Council put out a letter to state and federal officials calling for rent and mortgage waivers. No state has done that yet during the pandemic. City of Vancouver on Wednesday announced the designation of a temporary safe parking zone to allow people living in their cars to comply with social distancing measures. That zone is located in the southwest portion of the Vancouver Mall parking lot. Restroom there, hand washing stations, garbage service. They've got space for 40 vehicles available for free on a first come first serve basis. The Oregon Department of Corrections on Wednesday announced a worker at the state penitentiary has tested positive for COVID-19. The department is not releasing the worker's identifying information. A worker at the Hillsborough Amazon warehouse has tested positive and all other workers at the warehouse have been notified. Amazon workers diagnosed with coronavirus or those asked to quarantine will receive up to two weeks of pay. Goodwill Industries of the Columbia Willamette will be laying off roughly 2,600 workers due to the pandemic. Nearly 200 TriMet operators called in sick last week, sounding the alarm about insufficient efforts to protect them. And for riders, here are tips. If you do need to ride the bus, maintain social distance from the driver. Don't sit or stand near them and say your thank you from a distance. Wyden Kennedy came up with their COVID-19 safety slogan. Asked by the governor last week to help come up with a campaign, well, we now see some of the results. The director of Oregon's public health agency, Patrick Allen, pointed out that recent computer modeling suggests hospitals in Oregon might be able to handle the increase in patients over the next month, but only if nine out of 10 Oregonians stay at home. Among the ads Wyden Kennedy pro bono work came up with is the following. The word hero is used far too often. Comic book heroes, celebrity heroes, sports heroes. And right now, none of them can do anything for us. It's in times like these, we realize who the real heroes are. They are the ones that keep the world turning, who every day come face to face with the same enemy everyone is being told to avoid. They're out there for you. Stay home for them. The central message of the ads in visual and bold black writing against a yellow backdrop, don't accidentally kill someone. No word on if they considered any of the options offered by the local last Friday or such choices as Oregon, things look different here. See them on Pinterest and wash your hands. Is Pinterest still a thing? Oregon, we're preparing to live in a country that is the global epicenter of the pandemic after the president said the coronavirus was a hoax for the critical early weeks and recently told us to wear some Easter bonnets. Thanks, Wyden Kennedy, for your clarity and creativity. And does Oregon have the oldest coronavirus survivor? An Oregonian who celebrated his 104th birthday on Wednesday might be the oldest person in the world to survive COVID-19. William Lapsius. Among the first Oregonians known to have the disease, announced he has been declared free of the virus. When asked how he managed to survive his bout, he said, I don't know. It just went away. Sit outside and you can get rid of anything. No word if Wyden Kennedy considered that for a slogan. Note, William Lapsius is neither an epidemiologist nor a virologist. Sitting is not a known cure for COVID-19. And that's today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. Bob, what comment do you got? I got more saying local, but but there was one one national slash international that I forgot that I want to mention. Well, we better do it now. We found we've discovered a two thousand foot tunnel between Tijuana and San Diego. We've got to build a wall. 
<laughs> that goes it went down at the at the lowest level. It was thirty one feet under the ground. I just need a bigger wall. Wall is going to be that you ta- you give me they, your tunnel and there's the tunnel there, there's no there's no tunnel you can say that's going to be more important than the wall that could stop the tunnel. Just big. Always the answer is more wall. It's a good thing we talked just at the same time that time. Go on. Oh. Well, back to state local, something we need to make sure people are aware of. Serious landslide on West Burnside uh, up the hill about 24th. And West Burnside is down to one lane, and that one lane is going to last at least until a week from tomorrow to the 10th. So try to avoid West Burnside if you can, especially during rush times. 29 local, 29 Oregon senior care centers have had at least one person test positive. That's really scary. Salem Chariots, that's the bus system that is spelled as if they were cherries, had seven positives, so they have cut back. And an interesting thing, and I'd be interested in what your take is, what are we going to do with the taxes, both the business tax that already been passed, in which there's been talk about having a special session, which Peter Courtney has said is not going to happen this week anyway, whether or not that ought to be postponed. What is Metro going to do with the proposed measures raise money for homeless. Uh, what are we going to do with the tourism tax that uh, is supposed to raise money for the 2021 World Athletic Championships in Eugene? What do you think we ought to be doing with those taxes? Oh, Bob, that's a good question. We also got another tax. Is that do we uh, um, do tax? Well, taxes have to be paid with the stimulus check. That is. Um, uh, it depends on how I take that question on the stimulus check. Does it, uh, if you weren't, I'm pretty sure the answer is if you weren't eligible for uh, income taxes, otherwise you've got to refund. Otherwise, I don't think you have to pay uh, taxes on your stimulus check. Uh, and and if what you meant was, are we just going to turn around and pay our taxes immediately? The, we did report earlier that the tax deadline got uh, extended from uh, April to July. So we got that in, but that is a really good question. And partly when we got that text in, as I was trying to figure out exactly how to interpret the question, I was also wondering, yeah, it's a good question. If we just, because you could imagine a world where the U.S. government just said, okay, everybody, you're having a hard time. Don't send the taxes in. The problem is if they said that and they said, and we're also going to send everybody checks. Well, that's kind of hard to send all the checks. Now you can borrow the money, right? But you still need some revenues. And how local leaders are gonna? What I just what I just started writing down was asking Julie if she would Julie if she would uh, write those examples down because those are things we should book. We should actually be asking Metro about uh, if this does anything with respect to their plans. Certainly for any ballot initiative that needs to gather signatures, I don't think there's anybody gathering signatures right now. And that means there was a there was a gun measure. There's a number of things that were getting signatures for the November ballot. None of that stuff is I shouldn't say none, but because uh, there was like one thing that was already pretty close. But, uh, you know, it's basically shutting down that. But in terms of the policy perspective, might we also might want to bring on OCPP and ask them uh, what their thought is. If this demonstrates and I because I can imagine a couple answers that are probably both have some truth in them. One is. Well, this just demonstrates the need even more. Like if it's going to cost $3.5 million a month for expanded shelter service to help people experiencing homelessness not to uh, not to have to shelter all close together to actually still abide by social distancing guidelines, if that's going to cost that money, well, that money's got to come from somewhere. One argument can be, of course, we it demonstrates further the need. The other is, well, is this really time to do it? We should ask some people. We got a couple other texts. Uh, Post COVID crisis, I won't change Zoom conference calls for board meetings once in a while because it saves travel and setup time, so we can be home with our loved ones. Also useful if you want to celebrate someone's 21st birthday who you can't be with, like we did last night. We got on a group Zoom conference call to sing happy birthday and took shots 
Hell yeah. That's I, I'm quoting the hell yeah. I was not adding. I was not editorializing my own hell yeah. I, I think I'm allowed to say those words. Heck yes is my response. Thank you for that. I think well, that you you mentioned Zoom. I did. Are you familiar with the term Zoom bomb? Yes, Pop. Zoom. There's real concern because Zoom is a wonderful thing, and of course, you and I have participated in a couple of really nice Zoom meetings. But there's indication that Zoom maybe has not done an adequate job in keeping hackers from using Zoom to infect computers and then having access to the cameras on those computers so they can monitor anybody in front of, in, in the room of that. And that what a Zoom bomb is, is some hacker actually hacking in to a meeting. And that that's been happening where meetings have been, have been hacked into. So and they do and the, the classic zoom bomb is then doing something r- rude and gross and inappropriate in the zoom call and and so some of this is on the zoom end, and some of this is about uh, those of us who remember it you know are, are building protocols and habits of how we use it here's one quick tip don't uh, don't like tweet out the zoom in number right and if you do make sure that it's fast you know you, that, that you only get you only uh, you require people to register and that you know who you're letting into the call there's some that we have to learn. We got another text in. It was a meme. I won't be able to describe. Well, I'll use this for this week in charts. I don't think we had another this week in charts. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes. We have two this week in charts. One's a meme. It's not a chart. I'm violating. I'm just saying it's two. It's really one. But as a meme, it shows shows a guy like shooting somebody and then looking at the camera like he did nothing wrong. And, and it, it says the basic point is, why won't young people vote? But before that is the answer, even before the question. Voter suppression, election tampering, 24-7 propaganda, uh, working 60-hour weeks to pay the rent, eight-hour voting lines, polling places being closed in minority neighborhoods. So thank you for that meme. The chart, though, Dad, was the 30 days after, I think it was the first 100 cases of COVID-19, and the United States a significantly sharper northward curve than Italy or Spain or China. Of course, it's hard to know about China reporting its cases accurately. Uh, And no other country has. So, and the reaction, of course, to this, I'll put this chart close to the microphone. The reaction to this one, of course, is USA, USA. Pop, I think it is time for a straw in the wind. Well, if it's time for a straw in the wind, then I have one. I hope is a straw in the wind. A straw in the wind. I did not know that there are several states that have laws forbidding yoga to be practiced or taught in public schools because the, the evangelical conservative Christians saying that yoga is a Hindu religious practice, well, the Alabama House has, by a very large margin, passed a law to make it okay for kids to be taught yoga techniques for controlling stress and improving their health in school. I am hoping that that's a straw in the wind. Well, Bob, we did it again. have indeed. I love you. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back on Monday. See you, Pop.